Hi, and welcome to the Hingham Cast. I'm your host, Allie Donnelly. I spent 20 years as a reporter for NECN and NBC Boston. But now I'm telling stories in this new way, here on Boston South Shore. The Hingham Cast is hyper-local, looking through the lens of one small town. But the issues we explore are unfolding in communities across the country. Like the importance of local elections. Today, we're talking with the four candidates for Hingham Town Clerk. I'm going to introduce them in alphabetical order. We have Carol Falvey. Hi, Carol. Hey, Allie. Libby Lewicki. Hi, Allie. Laura Marwell. Hi, Allie. And Tom Patch. Hi, Allie. Hi to you all. Welcome. Now, some people go into the voting booth, and when they see town clerk, they think it's a type of secretarial job or a straight admin job. But the clerk has an enormous level of responsibility. They are the only paid full-time elected staff position in Hingham's local government. Everyone else gets a stipend. The incoming clerk will earn a taxpayer-funded salary starting at about $74,000 for a three-year term. For instance, the outgoing clerk, Eileen McCracken, who's been in the position for decades, earned about $95,000 in her last year. The clerk is the gatekeeper and often first point of contact for everything from dog licenses to death records. They play a crucial role in making sure local elections are run properly and fairly with access for all. It's their job to make sure elected officials are adhering to state ethics laws and they're complying with open meeting laws. And they are, which is no small job, the keeper of the town's public record and manage many public records requests from the public and the media. Okay, let's talk with the candidates. They're going to take about 90 seconds each to introduce themselves. And we used a random picker app to choose who would go first. And that is Laura Marwell. So, Laura, could you introduce yourself and tell voters why they should choose you? Yes. Hi. Thanks, Allie, for inviting us to participate in this Hingham cast. I'm Laura English Marwell, and I'm running for town clerk. I was born and raised in Hingham and attended Hingham Public Schools. I went to College of the Holy Cross and went on to have a 10-year career in the financial services industry. After my husband and I were married, we returned to Hingham to raise our family. We have three boys, two are in college, and my youngest will graduate from Hingham High next year. I've been involved in many of Hingham's civic organizations. I served six years on the advisory committee during the difficult years following the financial crisis. This gave me a broad understanding of the many departments, committees, and boards that interact with the town clerk on a regular basis. I served on the Planning Board's Accessory Dwelling Unit Study Committee, and I've been a member of the League of Women Voters, Treasurer of the Bradley Park Association, and Chair of the Hingham Republican Town Committee. In all these roles, I've shown that I bring diligence, organization, and positive energy to my responsibilities. I've taken time over the last two years to learn about the town clerk's many responsibilities. I worked all four elections in 2020, and I'm the only candidate to have worked as a warden in Hingham's local, state, and national elections. Growing up in Hingham, my parents, Bill and Edna English, instilled in us a sense of responsibility to serve and set the example for the next generation. My children are grown, and the time is right for me to continue that tradition of service to our beloved town. I hope you'll support me to become the next town clerk. Thank you. Terrific, Laura. Thank you. Carol, what is it about you that makes you the right person for the job? Thank you, Allie, and to the Hingham cast for the opportunity to address your your listeners. Um, I am Carol Falvey, and I respectfully ask for your vote for Hingham Town Clerk. I am a lifelong Hingham resident and was inspired by the example set by my parents, Bob and Charlotte Falvey, to serve the community. 
I was elected to the school committee for two terms, held leadership roles, and served as the president of the Hingham Education Foundation. These experiences provided exposure to working on town budgets, to building big projects, and provided experience working with various groups for positive outcomes. Because of these municipal and nonprofit experiences, people in town know me and they trust me to do the job. As an attorney, I am trained to look at issues and questions from all points of view. Objectivity is an essential component for the office. I believe elections are the cornerstone of our democracy. In the office of the town clerk, I will maintain and run our elections in a fair and neutral manner. I believe every vote counts. I believe the town clerk's office must continue to be a trusted place, run with integrity and professionalism. And finally, I believe that my personal and professional experience and skills have prepared me to serve the town as the town clerk. I ask that you put your trust in me and I respectfully ask for your vote on May 22nd. Thank you. Terrific, Carol, thanks. Tom, you're up next. Why do you think you deserve the vote? Well, first, I, I'm fortunate to say I am a born and raised Hingamite. My family roots in the town run deep, starting when my Irish immigrant great-grandparents came to Hingham to establish a farm. And my father, Fletcher Patch, uh, worked his way up to be the chief of the Hingham Fire Department after his World War II service. Uh, my son is a graduate of both Boston College and Harvard. And uh, I'm a product of the pub Hingham Public Schools K-12. through I went to College University, Maine, and National University, uh, Galway, Ireland. I have a bachelor's degree in economics and political science with a focus on public administration. Um, after law school, I went to work for a major corporation, law firms. Uh, focus of my practice was municipal law, including town clerk services. Uh, I've uh, interacted with many town clerks over the years, uh, as well as in Hingham being a, an election officer for many years with actual, a lot of actual hands-on experience. I've actually worked for the town clerk, uh, McCracken, in her office as a volunteer, giving me critical insight of understanding how she performs the position as the, and the operation of the office. I'm running not only because I'm confident that I'm the most qualified position, a person among the four candidates to provide a successfully seamless transition to the new town clerk, but also because the Hingham community deserves the, the most qualified candidate and town clerk McCracken should be able to move on to enjoy her retirement confident knowing the town clerk's job is in the hands of the most qualified person. Okay. Tom, thank you. Moving on, we're going to welcome Libby. Libby, tell me why voters should choose you. Thank you, Allie. My name is Libby Lewicki, and I'm running for Hingham Town Clerk because it is a position that speaks to my education, my experience, and my heart. I have a Master's of Management of Human Services from Brandeis University and experience working in the nonprofit world. Since moving to Hingham 24 years ago, I've proven my dedication and leadership skills as a volunteer in major roles, including PTO president at South Elementary, PTO president at the high school, and my current position on the school committee. I want to use my skills and experience to help the Hingham Town government run smoothly full-time. I want to welcome people into town hall and into our community. I want to help rebuild a post-pandemic culture that fosters trust and goodwill and strong civic engagement. And I want to collaborate with the schools in curriculum development to help meet the mission of enabling all students to be successful as local and global citizens. 
As an accomplished fundraiser, I will always be looking for opportunities to find funding for new projects. And I would like to find ways to coordinate efforts with other town organizations, such as the Hingham Unity Council, the Senior Center, Hingham Education Foundation, the Commission on Disabilities, and the Historical Society. I am a dedicated public servant. The town clerk position is an opportunity for me to serve all of the citizens of Hingham full time. And I humbly ask for your support and your vote. Thank you. Okay. Thank you all for your answers. I want to take a quick break here to say, if you like the podcast, subscribe and set us on automatic download wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want our weekly email reminders, sign up on our website. It's thehinghamcast.com. Okay, back to our conversation with the candidates. Terrific. Now that everyone's introduced themselves, we're going to move on to our questions. This is a bit of a two-parter. So I'm going to ask this question and then there will be a bit of a follow-up. So. Many of you spent time in your introductions highlighting your family's long roots in Hingham. Tell me why that should or shouldn't matter to me as a voter. Carol, you're up first. Thanks for that question, Allie. Um, So I think that a person's experience in town and growing up in Hingham and and having this love of the community and this, and and seeing that your parents dedicated themselves um, to what's best for Hingham, it just becomes ingrained in you. And so I I, I do think that it matters and not, not to say other people couldn't also have that same sense of, um, of, of wanting to support the community, but I do think it shows a commitment that you have to this town. And when you look at you know, the your siblings in your family and how involved they are, it's, you know, you're not in it for a one-off. You're here to be committed to the town and to do what's best for it. You live here and you want it to be successful. So Carol, I'm going to ask my follow-up. So how do we make sure we don't do what Hingham's always done, so to speak. How do we grow and make sure we're better today, tomorrow than we were yesterday? Well, certainly it's an element to consider when you're looking at candidates, but I'm, I'm not saying it's the only factor that voters would, would look at. And certainly you want to encourage new people. I, I live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of younger families and, um, you know, you're busy with your life when you have younger kids. And as you get older, you have more chance to get involved. And I view myself as a person to try to bring them in, to get them involved in the community and to see how important their participation is for our community. And as you know, in local elections, unless there's a big issue, about 15 or 16 percent vote on a regular basis. And our democracy, our town should be governed with more input um, than, than that. Okay, terrific. Tom, you're next. You spent a fair amount of time talking about your family roots. Tell me why that should or shouldn't matter to me as a voter. Well, Allie, you know, Hingham has something that I call the Hingham ethos. And basically, it's it's a fancy word for sense of community. Um, And, you know, this is one of the reasons I think people move here is they they understand that it's, it's a different place. It's it, you know, Hingham is, uh, Hingham is a very welcoming community, I think, and um, has a lot of pride in the community, uh, and that's important. And so when you've been here, uh, born and raised here like myself, or your family has deep roots in the town, 
you know, it, it's a cumulative thing that builds up over the years. You get this, you get this institutional knowledge and appreciation and um, uh, love for the town. And uh, so that's very important, I think, for people to understand in, in, in terms of your commitment to the good of the town. Um, but also, for example, when I was pointing out my dad worked his way up from being a call firefighter to the fire chief, he provided me with an exemplary uh, uh, you know, instance of being you know, what it takes to be a, a town employee of the town of Hingham uh, from the lowest level to the highest level. And, uh, you know, and one of the things that was always taught to me that, uh, you know, public service is uh, boils down to seven simple words. It's hi, how may I help you today? And I think that that reflects the uh, the ethos in Hingham. Okay. And so the same follow-up, how do you make sure that it's not the same old Hingham, so to speak, and that we're better tomorrow than yesterday? Well, everybody always wants to improve. There's always room for improvement. You know, <laughs> when I'm asked to do a survey, I rarely give five stars, you know, I give four stars because, you know, you want people to always understand there's always room for improvement. And um, I think what it is, is that you basically uh, try to take the time uh, with people who are newer to the town and you try to uh, show them not just by words, but deed, you know, the, the special um, ethos I think that exists in this town and um, trying to be fair, um, trying to be impartial, trying to hear, hear everybody. And even though at the end of the day, you may not agree with them and you may not get the result you want, you can, you can walk away knowing that you can still sit down and, you know, have a cup of coffee with them or beer or whatever your, your choice is. And, um, and there's no hard feelings of, you know, the cancer of hard feelings, you know? Um, and, and so that's what I think is great about the town. Okay. Libby, tell me why you think it should or shouldn't matter to me as a voter, whether you grew up here or your family has long roots in Hingham, or if you're a newcomer. If it mattered, then I would be the only one at a serious disadvantage. So I'm going to say that it doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, I did move here 24 years ago. I've been here for 24 years. And I did marry a Hingamite with strong roots in the town. And uh, it was because uh, he talked about Hingham so affectionately. And uh, I would come and visit and meet his parents, and they were both very involved, Edward and Virginia Lewicki. And, um, but, you know, I mean, my parents instilled in me a, a desire to serve my community, too. So uh, it's, I just uh, ended up here in Hingham. And I like to think globally, but act locally. And uh, I, uh, as a good Girl Scout, would always want to leave whatever, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, uh, better than I found it. Um, and I'm uh, here in Hingham, and Hingham embraced me 100%. And I've volunteered repeatedly over and over again and dedicated many, many long hours uh, to support Hingham because I love it and it has responded to me in kind and I can continue to do that. And 
if the election were to be a popularity contest, then um, perhaps you wouldn't get the most qualified candidate. And uh, I think in the past 24 years, I've managed to uh, touch a lot of people and uh, will be the best town clerk. Thank you. Okay. And so how do we make sure we don't do what Hingham's always done, so to speak? How do we grow? Well, so I'll welcome anybody into town hall. Like that's one of the things that really makes me very excited about being in the, in the, in the front office is, is that when people come in and maybe, maybe they're looking to buy and hang them or they're checking things out or they're just coming in for the first time and you say, hi, hi, how are you? How can I help you? And what can I do for you? And um, make them feel welcome and supported and uh, heard and you take, provide good service and then they trust you and they'll come back and they'll want more and they'll want to be, be more involved. And, I can, I can do that with anybody. I don't care where they're from. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so everybody's welcome. Okay, thank you. Laura, you're next. Um, again, what should it matter if your family has long roots in Hingham? Why should I care as a voter? Well, I think that it's a testament to um, what makes Hingham so special that all four of these candidates, of uh, us candidates, are next generation. Uh, Libby comes from, a, had married into a family that also served the town. So um, it, it, it goes to the idea that when you grow up in Hingham, you, are, you grow up in these families that has this great culture of civic engagement and they recognize that um, one of Hingham's greatest assets is that the people who live here um, volunteer their time and dedicate themselves to the town. Um, and that culture of that civic participation uh, translates from one generation to the next. Um, it isn't when we want other people to love the town as much as we do. That's why we're here and that's why we're serving. And so whatever we do, um, we do not just to do the job well, but to make everybody else um, to, to reflect well on the town. Okay. And so to the follow-up, how do you make sure it's not same old, same old? I have to say that I, I love Hingham as it is. So the same old, same old to me, I think what we want to do is we want to preserve what's best about Hingham. Um, and certainly, you know, we that have stayed here through generations feel that there's a lot here to love and that, that Hingham is doing really right. But we do want to be able to evolve and change with the times. And I think, again, that speaks to the generations here where um, I, I mentioned in my opening statement that um, in my, our family set the example of, of, you know, service to the town for the next generation. And here we are participating and um, I'm raising my family here and they're watching how I participate in the town and they too may grow up to volunteer or to work or um, to raise their families here. So the town will grow and evolve as the generations grow and evolve. New people will come and um, old families will stay. And that's how, they, how Hingham will stay fresh yet at the same time preserve the best of it, which is what makes people want to come here in the first place. Let's take a quick break to connect you with our media partner, The Hingham Anchor. You can put faces to the candidates' voices and see a full spectrum of election coverage. It's HinghamAnchor.com. Okay, back to the candidates. 
So town clerk is the steward of the election process for everyone. Some of you have been very visible or had leadership positions or tackled issues publicly as a member of your party. So I'm going to ask each of you to tell us your political affiliation and how you plan to make sure neighbors who aren't in your party can trust you and feel heard by you and and feel that you're a fair steward of the election process. Tom, we're going to start with you. The town clerk is the chief elections officer in the uh, in the town of Hingham. It's responsible for fair and impartial elections and responsible for managing all details and procedures for the local execution of federal, state, county, and local elections. So the, the, it falls on the, the town clerk to ensure competence of the public and the outcomes of the elections that are held in Hingham. And so basically the key with that is that people need to feel that you're acting with trust, integrity, and professionalism. Now, it gets to a question of party affiliation. I'm unenrolled, but merely being unenrolled doesn't mean, in fact, you don't have a party affiliation. You may well donate to a political action committee on one of the major parties or any of the parties, and I, and I don't do that. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I vote for the best person for for the for the position, uh, regardless of their political affiliations. The person I think is the most qualified person to do the job. Um, so, for me, um, you know, it's one thing that I don't have to consciously worry about uh, is to try to make sure that any kind of bias, implicit bias that I might have, is you know, having a party affiliation, whether it's in fact or an appearance, uh, I don't, I'm in a position where I, I don't have to worry about that because I could not care less about what your party affiliation is. I'm here to do this job as the chief elections officer to administer in a fair and impartial elections. Uh, and, uh, and so therefore, as far as I'm concerned, your party affiliation has no role in my choices or my application or my execution of the law. However, there are in, there are built into the election process uh, where you have to essentially end up uh, appointing certain people of the major parties, which turns out to be you know Republican and Democrat in in Massachusetts. In terms of uh, working elections and and so forth and so on, you have there's like this balance uh, uh, the statute and the regulations require. So uh, my position is I just do what what the law requires. Um, you know, I, I can I guess you know the old we all know about justice is blind and essentially my my job in you know being a, the chief elections officer in the town is basically to. Again, a sim- similar fashion as if I was acting as a judge, just I could not care less about what your political affiliation is. I'm going to treat everybody equally. Okay, Tom, thanks. Libby, you're up next. Tell me about your party affiliation, if you have one, and why voters should trust you to be fair to all. I'm unenrolled. Uh, the events of the past year have 
brought into clear focus just how critical the right to vote is to our democracy and uh, equally important is running secure elections. And I will do everything necessary to guarantee that every eligible citizen is able to exercise their right to vote. And I want everybody to be confident that every legitimate vote is counted and reported. And I will ensure that elections will be carried out according to the law. And then as far as the team of volunteers and poll workers is concerned, uh, I will hold them to extremely high standards and make sure that they all understand that that's the way it is. And I, I believe that there's never been a problem in Hingham, and I just intend to keep it that way. Okay. Libby, thanks. Laura, I'm going to turn to you. How can people make sure that your party affiliation isn't going to interfere with fair and, and equal access? Thank you. Um, well, the town clerk's responsibility is to implement, implement legislative mandates for a fair um, and secure election. Um, it requires the, you know, the impartial application of all laws um, and regulations concerning all aspects of the election. So I would pledge to do that. Um, I think I'm the most transparent in the terms of, of party. I have been a re registered Republican for many years. I don't remember when I registered. Um, and until 2019, um, I was a member of the Hingham Republican Town Committee, um, which actually gave me a lot of, as Tom referred to a little bit, a little bit of an inside look at the elections and how election workers and registrars are appointed um, and the requirement of party affiliation in the election process from beginning to end as part of the check and balance. Um, the election workers are required to equally represent each party as are um, the board of registrars. And the reason is through the process, one side is supposed, each side is supposed to um, um, make sure that the uh, that their interests are being protected so party is built into the election system um, but the execution of the election process um, is the impartial application of the laws and the mandates that come down from the legislature so i would as i guess i would just be very clear and say that i am no longer a member of the republican town committee so i no longer have any obligation to support um, partisan um, candidates or issues, um, and I would be impartial and nonpartisan in my execution of the town clerk's duties. Okay. Laura, thank you. Last but not least, Carol, tell us what your party affiliation is and how you can ensure voters that it wouldn't interfere in any way in the election process. Sure. Thanks, Sally. So I am an unenrolled voter and I've always voted for the candidate or the cause and, and not because of a party affiliation. And I'm not going to dodge your question here. I'm going to tell you then that in the presidential election, I voted for President Biden because he best reflected my personal values. Um, so so that's, that's the first answer to that. Um, secondly, my legal background, I look at all issues from both sides. It's just the way you're trained to do in law school. And I would drive my kids crazy when they were in middle school and they come home and complain about something. And I would always look at the issue and I'd say, well, you know, you can look at it this way also, and instead of just immediately taking their position and it would drive them crazy. But it was, it's good for them. You know, you have to look at issues from both sides. So that's something that, that is definitely ingrained in me. 
Um, and, and secondly, or thirdly, my leadership style, you know, I think from my involvement in different projects on the school committee and with the Hingham Education Foundation, I frequently had to deal with people who were not necessarily on my side or didn't believe in the cause that I was supporting. And you have to talk to those people and you have to, you have to hear them and you have to forge a direction or forge a pathway forward so that people can all be successful in, in achieving the goal. So I think that those qualities would, would really lend um, to doing the job in a very apolitical way. And, 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 and finally, just to state, as the person who's in charge of the fair and impartial election system, certainly, I think it goes without saying, but these days I think you need to say it, I would never endorse any candidate because you are the person in charge and you have to be impartial. And um, that's just a, a commitment that I would make right now. Okay. All right. Thanks, Carol. Let's take a quick break to remind you that the election is May 22nd. You can find more information on hours and voter registration on our website. It's thehinghamcast.com. Okay, back to the questions. So thank you all. I appreciate those answers. I want to talk about voter engagement. So the presidential election had record voter turnout. It was obviously a contentious election, which was a driver. But in the pandemic, we allowed for voting by mail. And the state has extended mail-in voting through June, and the Secretary of State, who's a Democrat, Bill Galvin, is pushing to make it permanent. Where do you stand on the issue and why? Libby, let's start with you. I think we should do everything we can to facilitate everybody's ability to vote. And mail-in voting is so convenient that I, I definitely support that decision. I never did quite understand why you had to have an excuse to do mail-in voting before. So I appreciate that uh, during the pandemic, they realized that, well, the pandemic was the excuse, but now they can open it to no excuse um, needed mail-in voting. And I appreciate that. So that's where I stand on that. Okay. Laura, you're up next. Where do you stand on mail-in voting and tell me why? Thank you. Um, well, I think certainly voter participation is critical in a representative democracy, and every eligible voter who wants to vote should be able to vote. Any change to current election uh, process, such as universal mail-in balloting, which was implemented, as we know, on an emergency basis in 2020, must be made by the state legislature. Uh, I certainly think that you know we talk about voter integrity and part of the integrity of uh, of the elections is robust voter participation you want the electorate to reflect the eligible voter population so um you know we want to we want to uh you know, we do want to encourage as much uh voter participation as possible um, again, that comes from the legislative level, however. So as town clerk, what I would do is I would um, concern myself with what does that mean? Um, I think we're still learning the lessons of the 2020 election. Um, and um, we need, would need to make sure that, that we have the processes in place to ensure the integrity and that we have resources for um, and personnel to implement any change, such as universal mail and balloting that came down from the legislature. Okay. All right. Thanks. Uh, Carol, where do you stand? 
Hi. Um, so I'm very supportive of anything that will engage people to participate in our democracy. So I am, I support it wholeheartedly. It's, um, and, and as well, I have, I have looked at the, the legislation that the Secretary of State has proposed and, and actually reached out to um, his office because I was curious about some aspects of what that looks like, um, one of which was the same-day voter registration. And so I, I had a really great conversation with them um, about it. And, of course, um, that particular same-day voter registration is available in 23 states. And there really has been no no um, perceptible voter fraud that is associated with that. So um, this, the secretary's office was very interested. It was very interesting conversation about how you could accomplish that. But it would take some money. It would take training, and you have you do definitely have to have a process that ensures the integrity of the voting system. But I think it's an interesting thing to contemplate in terms of that aspect of it. But uh, apart from that, I am. 100% behind um, access to voting and early access to voting. And um, I think it's a great thing for our community. Okay. Thanks, Carol. Tom, tell me, where do you stand on the issue of mail-in voting and why? Hi. Um, well, you know, basically democratic government depends on uh, an informed and active participation uh, in government and um, basically requires government to protect citizens' rights, including right to vote. And so what we saw in as a result of this pandemic, um, it brought to the to uh, everybody's attention uh, this option of mail-in uh, uh, voting. Um, we, we've had early voting since back in the middle 2000 teens. Uh, but that's in-person voting, and so this is sort of the last, last one, uh, last part of that whole uh, method of methodology of, of accomplishing the exercise of your right to vote. So, uh, you know, having worked many elections in the town, uh, I know there's there's in, this whole in-person thing that goes to. Um, I guess the integrity of and, and making sure uh, or lessen the possibility of some kind of fraud. So with the mail-in uh, uh, voting, I mean, it's there's a there's always going to be a possibility of fraud. And when you don't have stuff that's in person, the likelihood. I know this is an attorney. I know this is done, done town council work. I, you know, there's the possibility that you're going to have fraud. I mean, there was a state senator from Everett who pled guilty in 2012 because he was getting uh, uh, federal court because he was get, taking mail-in ballots and and not you know not telling the people about it. And so and then he was submitting those. And so there was a disconnect there. Um, it's going to happen. So basically, the government. But there has not been any evidence of widespread voter fraud. I want to make really clear. No, no, and I I understand that. But but the, we have there are instances of voter fraud. That's why we have voter fraud laws. If there were no voting fraud, we would not need to have the law laws. And I'm simply pointing out that it does happen. I'm not saying it happens in a widespread manner, but you know, if you have a small, if you have a small, highly contested race, a few votes can matter. People can win by a couple of votes. So, so you know, I, I'm just pointing out that with mail-in voting, we have to take additional steps 
to be able to um, satisfy the public that these this methodology of voting is secure so that we can maintain our confidence in the integrity of the of the result and the government has taken steps essentially to do that um, by having identification requirements that are associated with it um, and so so I my take on this as long as we make sure we take steps to preserve the confidence of the public in the integrity of the election process and the result, I don't have a problem with it because it's all about people exercising their right to vote. And, and, and... Okay. okay. Tom, I'm going to stop you for time there. Yep. So thank you very much. Okay. So my next question is a bit of a follow-up. You know, we talk about mail-in voting. Is there anything that any of you would do in terms of innovation to get higher voter engagement. We all know that local elections do not have super high um, engagement. So Libby, tell me, is there something you would do to engage voters more? So I, I think that engagement in general starts with hello and is determined by just how quickly you can get somebody's attention and get them excited about joining in uh, community events. And I have a very positive energy that is infectious and I can pique people's curiosity quickly. I can gain their attention. I can educate them in fun ways and I can make them feel good and leave wanting more and wanting to come back and, and, and participate themselves. Uh, and, and I can do that in person and I can do that in writing with different uh, formats. Um, writing creatively. And, um, you know, I would always work with the Commission on Disabilities to make sure that anything that I do put out there is accessible to them. And, uh, you know, bringing to people into the building and into the community, into our hearts and wanting to participate. And it's a, you know, I think it's one at a time, one person at a time, building those relationships is very, very important. And, um, you know, when you when new people come to town and they come into the office, uh, you know, I could um, I want to create a, a welcoming packet that says, you know, here, this is all the great things that you can help you can participate in and in Hingham. And um, this is a, a, a place, a resource where you can come when you have questions and need help and want to get your vital records and come and vote and be a part of the town. And thank you for participating. All right. Libby, thank you. Laura, anything you would do in terms of new, different, innovative? Getting voters engaged, trying to boost the level of engagement in local town elections. Thank you. That's a good point because, you know, for our, I went back four or five voting cycles and for our presidential elections in Hingham, we have about an 85% turnout. And then for state elections, we have about mid 60s. And then for our local elections, you're, you know, on a slow year, it's somewhere around 15% on a, on a big year um, where we have lots of contested races. It's somewhere between 20 and 25, which, which then leads you to the answer. I think that one of the things to engage voters is to make sure that you have um, good candidates running for these races. You want to have people stepping up and um, the more people, the better, because that involves um, everybody's network and all the uh, campaigning that goes along leading up to the elections um, engages voters. So the best thing, one of the best things we can do is keep our local um, our local races vibrant and, um, and encourage 
people to... Sorry, I just want to interrupt for a second. Forgive me. If you were to be elected clerk... Well, I, you know, I, I think that in, in the role of clerk, what you need to do is take advantage of the other civic institutions like the League of Women Voters that can do voter registration. Yeah, um, as registrar, the, the, um, the town clerk is automatically um, uh, one of the registrars. Um, do registration drives that, again, raise awareness, get people voting, um, and use whatever means um, electronically available. I think now we've sort of moved from um, um, paper to electronics, uh, and even quicker because of COVID, I think, to uh, inform the public about elections that are coming up and voter registration drives. So I would use that. I would use the existing civic organizations, and I would use um, new media to try and reach out to the uh, public. Terrific. Okay, thank you. Carol, do you see room for innovation and what would that be in your role as clerk? Absolutely. Um, so I have two two steps that I would take. One thing I think we need to do is to engage people on, on a, um, a smaller level. So looking at neighborhoods, and it's something that um, I've been doing with my campaign. I would like to set up meetings or Zoom meetings or wherever we are at in, in the next um, year or so to talk to neighborhoods about about the issues, about voting, how, how important it is, how voting at town meeting, which maybe has 300 people or 400 people, depending on the issue, you are voting on millions of dollars and how important it is that it impacts your life. So, so that would be the, the first innovation that I would make. The second is to also to use social media to communicate with people, to reach people where they're at. Um, I think I would use, I would set up a Twitter account for the town clerk's office and I would tweet out dates and registration dates or upcoming elections. But I would also, because one thing that people have asked me, what does the town clerk do, which you covered very well in your opening, I would also be pushing information out there about what the town clerk department offers because they do so much and I think people need to be educated about it. So use use um, Twitter, you know, maybe use Instagram, but I think it's important to meet people where they're at to give them the information that they're looking for. And, and getting back to the whole neighborhood discussions, um, just for, for a second, um, I have spoken to some people who have told me that in certain neighborhoods, people feel um, almost not disenfranchised, that's not the right word, but they just feel that their vote doesn't matter. So for me as a town clerk, I would want to hear why people feel that way and, and see what we can do to remedy that situation. Thank you. Okay. Carol, thanks. Tom, turning to you, how would you use innovation to boost voter engagement? Well, first of all, I think there, there's a tension between uh, the town clerk essentially doing voter engagement and the town clerk's obligation be impartial and ob- objective, uh, you know, as the chief elections officer. Um, you know, you, people have the right to vote. You can't force, the government has to be a neutral. Government can't force people to vote, but government can protect that right of the vote and protect it, the accessibility, making it as accessible as possible. Because once you start getting into engagement, then I think there's a fine line between engagement engagement and the perception that you're being partisan. And so basically, um, the, the, you know, uh, I think the, the technology is, is the future. Uh, we do have people who don't have the benefit of 
uh, skills in technology or can't afford it or don't understand it. Um, so we still have to, we're at that period where we're in a transition where we have to be able to do, go both ways to, to serve the population that's most comfortable with, um, with the different types of um, uh, methods by which they can exercise their right to vote. Uh, this would be basically trying to get people, uh, I think it, it comes down to trying to get people uh, more vested in the town. And, and it, the problem is the, the, you know, I see this as, as an obligation of other groups, um, you, know, uh, you know, to try to get people engaged uh, in the town. Uh, the town clerk is basically, again, supposed to be neutral and just oversee what the other people want. But again, technology is key here. And, uh, you know, providing information to people is key. Uh, one of the things that I would like to see is more of akin to setting up, um, you know, akin to RSS feeds where basically people can sign up and they immediately get everything, you know, without having to ask for it because they're already there. It, you know, they're already in the system and just shoot out information to people, um, you know, so from an administrative point of view, that that would be a very slight burden and it'd be very helpful to those people. Um, one thing I do want to comment about what Laura was saying is, you know, the, the you know, the, the, we almost have 18,000 elected uh, registered voters in the town. And uh, last year, uh, the numbers were around roughly 16,000 people voted in the, in the uh, presidential election. And uh, in the state primary, they voted about 6,000. Okay, and then in the town election, it was about twenty three hundred, and in and in a good year, it's around four thousand. The town election, on an average year, it's around twenty eight hundred. So we really need to get people to feel that they're vested in the town, and I would hope that other groups and boards would would basically uh, educate people to to why it's important to exercise their right to vote. Okay, thank you very much. So let's move on to our next question. The clerk is the keeper and protector of public records and open meetings. Are there ways you think Hingham can do a better job in terms of public records access, availability, or transparency? And what would you do about it? Laura, what do you think? Yeah, um, the town clerk uh, is responsible for keeping, um, protecting, and maintaining all the uh, official documents of the town, um, and also some historical documents. Uh, they are all, at the moment, they are... I, I know that they are currently appropriately preserved and that the, the townspeople and others have access to the town clerk's office um, on a regular basis to be able to use those documents for whatever they need. Um, I, I think that uh, what can be made available electronically so that somebody could, um, could wouldn't have to physically come to the town clerk's office to see documents should be a, an objective of the office. Um, I know that uh, the master plan, um, the, the draft of the master plan um, can, uh, that just came out recommends that the town establish a town archives program that would identify a storage location and develop a cataloging system for town records and other historical documents. Um, and there's discussion about hiring a professional archivist to carry out these tasks. Um, as town clerk, I would be in favor of that um, of that project, and I would want to encourage um, encourage it to move ahead. So it could be kind of like a record sec a record a record document center. I'm sorry for the uh, for residents of the town and others who want to come and look at Hingham's records. 
Okay. Carol, do you think there's any improvements to be made in terms of access or transparency? So uh, thank you. I, I'm interpreting the question that you're asking as, as public record requests. And so, you know, I'll start with the, the premise that every government record in Massachusetts is presumed to be a public document um, unless it is withheld under a specifically stated exemption, which is provided by statute or common law. Um, so when a request is made, just for people that aren't familiar with it, uh, you have 10 business days to, to respond as to whether you intend to turn the document over, you don't intend, and if you don't intend to say why, and also what the reasonable um, cost would be to produce those documents. Um, you know, certainly I do not have very specific knowledge, but I did have a conversation with the town administrator who said this takes up a lot of the time and focus of the town clerk, as well as his department and town council. So, you know, people have an expectation to, to a lot of this information, and I think we have to do the best to comply with the law. And, um, and one, one way you can help to mitigate against the requests is to post commonly available public records um, on the website to the extent that you can do that. Um, you know, we saw the article today in the Globe about how the Globe is suing the Boston Police Department to get information. I mean, information is it's important to share with the public. So I, I would work with the town department that the request may have started with, the town administrator and town council on those requests and, and, and to be as transparent as we can under the law. Terrific. Thanks, Carol. Tom, Tom, let me turn to you. What do you think? Well, information and the ease in which it can be obtained is the key to transparency. And the town clerk is critical uh, in, in, in making sure that transparency occurs as a custodian of the records. Um, you know, there, again, there's these tensions between the old school way of doing things and the possible new way of doing things. And the old way is, you know, the hard copies and the new way is uh, digital. Uh, and having, you know, acted as town council for the town of Kingston and, and municipal law as being part of my uh, law practice, I'm very familiar with this, and um, it, you know, the, the there was a substantial rewrite to the public records law in 2017 that that was very helpful um, in going forward, um, and uh, and made it more clear about who can do what and so forth. Um, there are a number of recommended recommended practices that that exist within that, and one of them is to put as the typical commonly uh, requested documents up on the town's website, if at all possible. Um, so basically, you know, go going forward with this is that it's, I think it's going to be technology driven. Uh, and that then ca calls into question budget because you have your budget limitations. So uh, one of the things that, that I would like to do is, uh, you know, I would like to have as much digital of town uh, documents as possible, not just current stuff, but form, uh, you know, uh, other stuff. Um, the, the, and that facilitate, in, in including in a, a searchable format, because it's one thing to have a document, but if you can have it in a searchable format, that's awesome because it really allows you to cut to the chase and, and zero in on what you want. 
one of the problems one of the problems that happens in this is that the time the town has to spend or the, the town staff has to spend is you have to determine whether or not the, the document or part of it is subject to an exemption because you have if you don't assert the exemption within that 10 business days then it's waived so so this is this is the tension that occurs um, you can ask the um, custodian or supervisor of records, the secretary of state's office for additional time, but the most time they're going to give you is 30 days. So there is this administrative burden and you, and you, and I think built into the uh, uh, public records is law is, and um, uh, is that people be reasonable and not be harassing about it. The good thing is about it. When they did change the law, they provided for penalties if people are doing this just to be harassing of, of, of you know, town administration and trying to, uh, um, you know, get this information so they have the transparency they desire. Okay. And last but not least, Libby, how do you feel we're doing on transparency and anything you would change? Well, so it just sounds like it is a um, administrative burden on the office of the town clerk. And uh, so I would have to get in there and, and um, you know, see just what the process is uh, and maybe try to find ways to loosen the the log jams or, or whatever. You know, at this point, I don't really know. And I... Um, I, I Obviously, digitization of records is important this day and age, and um, getting the proper uh, software to do that is important. And maybe there's grant money out there that the town can apply for, and I can write a grant and get money in for that kind of thing. And, um, you know, if it's digitizing and and, and, um, archiving historical records, that's something that could potentially be done with volunteers depending on what the material is uh so there's um lots of potential for innovation there okay thanks very much so i thank you all very much for your incredibly thoughtful responses um and i think this is a lot for folks to chew on so as promised, we're going to give you each one minute to give any final thoughts. And again, we did the random picker. And Libby, you are up first. Libby. As town clerk, I will draw on my education and vast array of experiences to manage the office efficiently and effectively. I will update policies and procedures and streamline processes to save time and money, reduce error, and create transparency. My nonprofit management experience means that I can manage issues from soup to nuts, policy to implementation, with a focus on delivering the best services on a shoestring made up for with ingenuity, perseverance, and passion. In conclusion, I want you to continue to be confident that your vital records records are safe, the town's vital records are safe, and that the election process is safe. I vow to be transparent and accountable to each and every one of you, and I humbly ask for your vote. Thank you. Thank you, Libby. Laura, you're up next. Thank you. I believe I have the skills, experience, and temperament necessary to serve as Hingham's next town clerk. If I'm elected under my leadership, the town clerk's office will continue to be a well-run, 
responsive resource for records, documents, and information, and a source of pride for our community. I will continue the tradition of warm and friendly service to the public, and I will administer the election process with the same integrity that has been the hallmark of Hingham elections for generations past and will be for generations to come. I grew up watching my parents serve our beautiful town, and I've invested time and energy to prepare myself for the responsibilities of the town clerk's office. I hope you'll support me to become Hingham's next town clerk. Thank you. Laura, thank you. Carol, you're up next. Uh, thank you, Allie, and thanks to the Hingham cast and all the listeners out there. Um, as you've heard from this podcast, the town clerk plays a very vital role in our government. Uh, I hope you agree that with my legal and municipal experience, I would continue to serve the office and make sure that it's a trusted place run with integrity and professionalism. I respectfully ask for your vote on May 22nd. It would be my honor and privilege to serve as the next Hingham Town Clerk. And, and for those of you out there that are listening, please visit my website, www.votecarolfalvey.com. And we're on Facebook at Carol Falvey for Hingham Town Clerk. Thank you for your time. Carol, thank you. Tom. Thank you, Allie, and everybody out there who's tuning in. Uh, town Clerk has numerous consequential responsibilities and functions. The learning curve is steep and perilous for a person lacking the necessary experience, skill set, and knowledge. This consequential fact is made clear in the town's job description for the town clerk, where it states errors can result in a monetary loss or legal repercussions. So the choice of the next town clerk boils down to the substance of which candidate has the actual experience, skill set, and knowledge directly pertinent to the job to make the transition from town clerk McCracken's retirement successfully as seamless as possible. Uh, the Hingham community and town clerk McCracken deserve the most qualified candidate to be elected to the job. I submit I am that candidate, that's why I'm running, and I am confident I am up to and can meet the challenge and make the town community and uh, town clerk McCracken proud and ask for your vote on May 22nd. I also have a Facebook page, it's Vote Tom Patch with spaces. Thank you. Terrific, thank you so much. So we'll have links to each of the candidates' Facebook pages or websites, whatever they choose, on our site. It's thehinghamcast.com. Carol Falvey, thank you very much for being here. Thanks, Allie. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Terrific. Libby, thanks for coming on. I it so much. Laura, thanks to you as well. Thanks, Allie, and thanks to the listeners. And Tom, thank you for being here. Thank you, Allie. This is my first podcast. It was interesting. <laughs> yes, we've had some listeners, we've had some bumps and rolls. So the town election is scheduled for May 22nd. The last day to register to vote is May 12th. You can register online at registertovotema.com or call the clerk's office to get a mail-in form. So I thank you all very much. And we're going to take it here. These local positions from clerk to selectman to board of health and school committee hold a tremendous amount of power over town business and our lives. So don't just rumble on Facebook. Get out there and vote. I want to thank my wonderful podcasting partner, the talented and beautiful Kristen Keefe. Our website was designed by Donna Mavromatis and her team at Mavro Creative. I'm Allie Donnelly. Thanks for being here. Talk to you soon. <laughs>